0: Welcome to Manager Tools. Today's topic, coaching example, interrupted, part one. Here we go.
1: Folks, we're going to talk about coaching in this week's podcast, and coaching is a part of the Trinity. Uh, For those of you who are thinking about rolling out the Trinity, doing one-on-ones feedback coaching delegation, uh, we encourage you to consider, if not coming to the conference, buying our Trinity rollout emails. It's over 100 emails lasts over a year and it walks you through the entire process step by step how to send out emails how to brief your people how to do one on one feedback coaching delegation can't miss
0: mark we get asked all the time about coaching a direct who struggles with certain ineffective interpersonal habits right and there yeah uh, yeah there's a ton of them it could be lateness it
1: could be- yeah it, it it's a problem for people they don't they really don't know what do i do they, they don't they don't know what to do
0: exactly so today we're going to narrow it down a little bit and talk about specifically about interpersonal habit of interrupting folks
1: yeah i mean yeah you started and i cut you off but yeah you interrupted somebody's me. <laughs> late yeah sorry yeah i interrupted you it was a joke no it wasn't i just interrupt people um maybe it's somebody being late maybe it's somebody raising their voice maybe it's not contributing in meetings maybe sometimes it's not listening or not taking notes and somehow people think well they just ought to do it and how, how do i change that i mean you know i, I don't know And so we're going to, in the next few years, give periodic examples of using the coaching model to address the issues associated with the subtleties of interpersonal relationships and the kind of behaviors that seem small and yet can make a big difference. And look, we have a five-step process in this week's cast. First, you always start with feedback when you're trying to help a direct improved in some way then you, you use the coaching model and the coaching model has four steps first you collaborate on the goal then you collaborate to brainstorm resources that that the direct is going to use to achieve the goal then you plan some short-term action actions and then week after week after week the direct reports their progress toward the goal and you continue to plan more actions as they move through the planned tasks that you assign them it's really super straightforward it's just sometimes hard for people to go. Okay, how do I translate that thing I'm worried about into
0: goals and behaviors and tasks and so on? Okay, so let's let's talk about feedback. So, explain to me if, if this is a cast about the coaching model. Why do we why do we start with feedback? Yeah. Well, look, there are two possible situations, and people don't get this very well.
1: There are two possible situations where coaching is applied. Okay. First, the direct is failing. And this is what so many people think of for coaching, because in so many organizations, the only time you see something akin to coaching, a structured process, is when somebody's on their way out. And frankly, we want them to be on their way out. And the process is so hard, it puts them
0: in a difficult situation. Yeah, I would guess that 20% of the people listening, when they heard the title of the cast, that's what they thought we were talking about, almost exclusively. It's a guess.
1: Yeah, I would say it's higher. See, I, I'm, I'm more cynical than you, I guess. I think it's higher than that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think, I think the majority of people, I think over 50%, when you say yeah. coaching, you assume direct is a problem and not a trivial problem.
0: Yeah, well, I, my, my initial thought, I was going to say 50%. I said, oh, no, that's just disrespectful to our audience, yeah. so I said 20%.
1: No, I don't, think, I don't think it's disrespectful. I think, you know, we teach stuff that's, that, that is, is not what is the norm. And the reason why is because the norm doesn't work; it's not even close, right? So, basically, in that situation, a direct needs concerted effort to keep their job or to avoid some sort of consequences. The other, and again, far less apl- far less often applied, uh, but far more important situation is a good, an average maybe, or a good or a great performer wants to improve their skills, and the, the manager's coaching model is built to help the manager. Supervise the self-improvement efforts of a direct and works well in either situation. To the tool, the situations are identical. It's just a self-improvement project with some structure to make it easy for us as managers to supervise, to to guide and to measure. The coaching model doesn't discriminate and doesn't change based on the performance level of the direct. But
0: again, before we start coaching, we give them feedback first.
1: Yes. And the reason is embedded in both models. One of the basic tenets of adult learning theory is that adults learn by doing. All right. well, by the way, we're assuming you're coaching adults <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. as opposed to teaching children. This is, and this will just drive people crazy. Teaching children is called pedagogy, teaching adults is called andragogy. Okay? They're different. Okay? All the knowledge of something, all the knowing, That you can get of something means nothing from an organizational perspective until it's acted upon. This is why Drucker says a decision is not just choosing. A decision is a choice and an action that goes with it. And by the way, we have a cast for that, folks. Action is key. Organizations, again, love that because organizations are powered by behavior. What matters professionally is behavior. And the best way to learn a behavior is to do a behavior, not to think about a behavior, not to study a behavior, not to know a behavior, but to do a behavior. Okay. Look, you can learn how to ride a bike by reading a book on bike riding, but you can't actually learn to ride the bike or let me put that differently. You can't learn to actually ride the bike by reading the book alone. The book tells you how to ride, and you know how to ride. But knowing how to is a state of mind. And writing is not a state of mind. It's an action. And they're two different things. Even perfect knowing, the detailed knowledge of every step perfectly done is, in a sense, I know this is going to be hard for a lot of high C's and people who like to study things, even perfect knowledge of something to an organization is irrelevant in fact perfect knowing is less valuable to a professional than grossly imperfect doing knowing how to do something is not
0: enough doing it is what matters yeah and the manager tools feedback tool and empty coaching tools slash model right Th- those are all built around behavior Exactly. They're both fundamentally built on that same
1: principle in that if it's negative feedback, we're going to change behavior. Um, If it's positive feedback, we're going to continue the same behavior. And if it's coaching, we're going to improve or by definition, therefore, change the behavior. And the coaching tool, the reason why we say we start with feedback is the coaching tool is a bigger tool. It takes longer. It's designed to address situations where behaviors can't be changed quickly or simply. And to be clear, guys, that doesn't mean that something has to be complex to be coached. Um, if you wanted to teach someone who couldn't tie their shoes to do so, you would probably show them how and give them lots of feedback while they themselves tried it, and they would be able to get there fairly well. If you wanted to, for someone to know how to build shoes, you'd probably coach them. Okay. Or if you thought it would take months and months and months of doing something in order for somebody to master something or to meet the level that you wanted, you probably just wouldn't give feedback. You'd probably use coaching. That said, we use the feedback model first primarily because it's possible that it is. We don't know yet. I mean, I think most of us don't know what a person's ability to learn something is. You might think, "Yeah, he's pretty smart," or "She's pretty good," or whatever. But you probably don't know. You don't have enough history to go, "Oh, that's a third. that's a 13 week process. That'll take 4 weeks. That'll take 81 weeks." You just don't know. So, because you don't know, it's possible that it's easier and faster to be able to do something by simply doing the task and receiving feedback about it. Another way to put it, it there's no sense using a backhoe or
0: a steam shovel to dig a hole. For a small potted plant. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but you know, it's this person I'm having trouble with. I have yeah I haven't used a feedback model before, but I've told him like this guy this is interrupting. I've told him he interrupts all the time. So you know, I probably just skip to the coaching model. Yeah.
1: Yeah. See, that's a yeah. Okay. That's I think what a lot of managers do. Hey, you, you interrupt too much. But we've learned. We've tested. Uh, managers who do that, and it doesn't work very well. I mean, in some cases, you get some change. In fact, unfortunately, you get you get change when sometimes the manager is angry, which we never recommend. So, both tools that we have here is going to change, are going to change behavior: feedback or coaching. The coaching tool is for more complex or harder to learn or behaviors that are more interrelated. Okay. And if it's easier for the direct, in other words, the feedback model rather than the coaching model, the feedback tool rather than the coaching tool, it's likely going to be easier for us too as managers. And there's no sense spending 10 hours on something when two hours will get you what the 10 would have gotten you. So we start with feedback just because it might work. When somebody does something that we think we want them to change, we just give them feedback. That's what we start with. It's the entry level tool for behavioral change. The beauty of this is the tools aren't exclusive. It's not as if you choose one, you can't use the other. And in fact, in the coaching tool, you're going to have to give feedback, hopefully positive, uh, hopefully lots of positive, but some negative as well. And so the tools aren't exclusive. So exclusive. So if the, if the feedback model doesn't work, right? If the direct behaviors aren't to the standard they need to be, you can still use the coaching tool. And what's the be- the beauty of that is? When you do use the coaching tool after the feedback tool, you'll have learned about the direct's behavioral strengths and weaknesses, which is going to help you coach them. So we start with feedback. And in this example, and we're going to do many more of these guys, and we encourage you, send an email, customer service at manager tools.com, and tell us what you're struggling with. Now, now look, we'll tell you the forums as well. Go to the forums and say, you know, what should my brainstorm list be? Or what should my goal be? What should my DBQ goal be? And we'll answer it for you. It's not hard. Um, this tool, the coaching tool is the tool I have used to coach every executive I've ever coached when they have behavioral issues or skill issues or whatever, when I get hired to coach an individual and it works like a charm. So again, in this example, one of your directs is an assertive task focused person who struggles at times getting along with his teammates. And that's, that's a pretty vague statement, but you know, he doesn't have a close friend on the team. No one asked for him to be on their project teams. Now, that said, he's not a complete outcast. Others will will work with him. Uh, They'll do work with him. But you know, and you're direct, and we're going to call him Derek, also knows that he's alienated his peers for whatever reason. He's good at his job. And frankly, this would be easier if he wasn't, right? Because then you'd go like, well, he's not good at his job, and nobody likes him. Yeah. So you (laughs) want to keep him. Maybe I should put him on waivers and hope our competitors pick him up. Yeah, I want to keep him. I just need him to play well with others. I need him to get along with other people. Okay. Now I have to tell you, Mike, and you and I have talked about this a thousand times. Managers say, "Well, I want him to get along with other people," and then they immediately go, "Well, I don't, I don't know how to do that," and 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 uh, you know, I, that's complex. And why people like people? There's a billion things that go into that. And we, you know, I. I, I can't make a guy friendly who's not friendly. Yeah, you know, it's his, it's is, yeah, it's his personality.
0: It's his personality. I'm exactly. trying to change his, yeah. change him to
1: individual. Yeah, and guys, if you've said that before and you've backed off on coaching, you're normal. Don't beat yourself up about that anymore. And there's a way around it. Basically, what we're saying here is in, the, in this particular situation, it would help our productivity if he did have normal relationships, more robust, more regular average relationships with more of our directs or his peers. Okay. Uh, Relationships help you preach results and relationships to your team. And look, this has been true for a while that he's been struggling with this, but you literally didn't know how to make your directs, your other directs, his peers like him because for most of us, we didn't have a process and we thought to ourselves again, how the heck do we help with somebody's personality? You don't. You do. That's the yeah. best to
0: hear right? You don't. It's
1: exactly. That's the simplest way. The reason I'm saying, guys, let yourself off the hook, is you're not going to help somebody with their personality. Okay, you don't. But I want to. I want to take it in a different direction than most of you are thinking. We don't care about personality, and when I say personality, in that time, I put quotes around it. What we care about is behavior. Okay. The analogy I use a lot of time at conferences is. I tell you, a friend of mine uh, He has a great personality. You're really going to like him. He's super friendly. He's just a wonderful guy. And you meet him. And in the first 30 seconds, he does three or four things that historically you wouldn't like. But because we're so caught up in the cult of personality, you're probably still going to like him because I've predisposed you to like him because of his, quote, personality, unquote. In fact... Personality really just is the label our brain puts on a set, a suite of behaviors that other people engage in. If a person always smiles when he meets somebody new and she sticks out her hand, shakes their hand, looks them in the eye, asks their name, uses their name, and then asks three or four questions about them and says something to the effect of, ah, oh, I just love talking to people like you. You're going to describe that person as friendly and outgoing. And that's going to be part of their personality. But the reason you say friendly, outgoing is not because they did friendly or they did outgoing. Your brain put a label to make it easy for you rather than counting every behavior it saw on all those little behaviors, the smiling, the eye contact, the leaning forward, the firm handshake, the asking the name, the using the name, the questions about that person. And I'll just say this. We don't care about personality. We care about behavior. Personality is just a label. And someday we'll have a series of casts about with examples of that so we can get it out of your head that personality matters. Because, let me tell you something that's shocking and is 90% true, we can change other people's personalities. And what we do Ooh. is we change it one behavior at a time. Now, if you have two directs, Derek and India, If Derek has been a jerk, okay, that's a a personality type, I think, okay? He's a high D, so India, who's a high I and wants people to be friendly, thinks Derek is a jerk a lot. When Derek changes all his behaviors, because the brain is a pattern-seeking creature, and it has already planted a pattern of jerk on Derek, even after he changes, India is not going to say he's changed. Because it's easier for her to have him in the box of jerk. Even if she wants him to change. Literally, guys, your brain is so good at putting patterns on things and saying, okay, that's a pattern. I know what it is. I don't have to think about that thing anymore. Let me worry about the things in my environment that are changing. And sometimes it is so subtle, the behaviors that somebody will change is they won't notice. Somebody else won't notice. But if he starts changing his behaviors, she'll have a scotoma to that change because her brain knows Derek's a jerk. And that's not the reason why people say, well, I can't coach personality. But fundamentally, it does make it harder. But the choice for Derek, if he's a good guy, is do we abandon him to his personality? Or do we hope for a magical cure? No. What we do is do what we can do, which is address behaviors that we know are problematic within the suite of behaviors that we call his personality and for most of us another reason why we can't do anything with personality is not just because we don't have a process or because we don't know what actually it is is it's hard to pin down what exactly what all the behaviors are and one more thing a lot of people go oh yeah you're right i hadn't thought about that it's a series of very small behaviors you're right when i say somebody is cool or aloof there's six or seven or eight things they do yeah if you wanted to not be cool and aloof anymore You change those behaviors. Now, one more thing I want to mention about personality. I'm getting off track and I apologize, but a lot of people ask me these questions and I find it fascinating. When we say somebody's friendly or outgoing, most of us can deal with the fact that it really is our interpretation of the behavior. The problem is when we say friendly, outgoing, we're not describing their behaviors. We're describing their inner life. We're describing who they are on the inside, on the soft candy center that's covered by the hard candy coating of their personality. We think we interact with their personality when, in fact, we're actually interacting with their behaviors and we're labeling their personality, which is inside them. And the idea is, how could I change somebody inside? And it just occurred to me, I just used used another M&M analogy, another peanut M&M analogy, much like the yellow peanut in the sun analogy about work family balance but the point is guys is we don't care what's on the inside and i know that sounds harsh but but i'll prove it to you if mike is a jerk in personality i'm sorry in this example derek is a jerk in personality yeah it the whole like Mike is a hypothetical yeah, hypothetical. yeah hi, hi, totally hypothetical in fact if somebody's gonna be a jerk it's gonna be me you're too nice, dude. You're just too nice. You need to become, you need to come to the dark side. I got to tell you, you just need to become more of a jerk. My life would be so much easier if you cracked crack the whip more. No, what we say is if somebody's personality is a jerk and you don't know them at all, you've never met them. So you haven't labeled them that. And then they'd be perceived to behave in a way that you would describe as lovely and warm and caring. You won't think they have a jerk personality. You won't. And so if Derek changes his behavior before he meets you, you're going to think this guy's great. And you're going to be surprised when people say, oh, the guy's a jerk, right? And by the way, they're going to be stuck in that until he's going to have to work a lot harder to overcome that first impression with my team of directs than he is with meeting Mike for the first time. Because Mike doesn't know he's a jerk and thinks, well, the guy behaves great. I am going to label him friendly, warm, personable, not jerk. So it doesn't matter what your direct personalities are. We don't care. Be a jerk. Be a real jerk. Being something vulgar and worse than that. Just behave in the right way. Now, I know you laugh because you say, wait, no, no. If he behaves in the right way, then I'm not going to call him a jerk. Well, in some cases you will if you know him real well. But we as managers have to recognize that we've been observing behaviors. We then have labeled somebody with a personality type that encompasses that suite of behaviors. And in fact, internally, we have then labeled them internally as a certain person, that meaning that the next time they're in a situation, they're going to express their personality through their behaviors in the same way. And of course, the DISC model tells us, don't guess their personality, don't guess their genetics, believe that their behavior will be the same way. And if you want to see a different person,
0: change the behavior. Yeah. Well, that was a learning I got. So Many years ago, God, how many, almost close, close to 20 yeah, years ago. 20 right? years ago. That's right? exactly right. Consulted from an organization, which is kind of where Manager Tools was born from. But the key learning for me around this topic then was I can't change somebody's personality, right? And I always struggled about that. And so I thought, right. so I kind of felt like, well, I'm kind of stuck with it. And, and hopefully yeah. all the good the person does outweighs the personality problems. But then when I made the distinction between personality and behavior, it's like, I can't change personality but I can change behavior. Mm-hmm. And that to me was a key. And so I yeah. stopped looking at people's personality and thinking about personality and started thinking about the behaviors.
1: Yeah. And and one of the biggest ways that we think about people's personalities is we don't see the behaviors. We rely on our brain to bundle all those behaviors up and put a label on them. And the label becomes the personality yeah. and when you start breaking out the behaviors and, and folks, if you come to an effective communications conference, That's what we teach, looking for behaviors. And in two or three minutes, you can see hundreds of behaviors that were there all along. We joke with people, you know what, guys, I'm sorry, but you're screwed. For the next few weeks, you're gonna walk through your life going, oh my God, I've been surrounded by behaviors for years and I haven't seen them because your brain doesn't need you to see them. Your brain simply knows that's a personality issue.
0: And the key for me is once I saw that, then I looked around and I said, oh my God, the things I can influence, the changes I can make, are much greater than I ever thought possible, right? My ability, like I had just a sense of like, oh my God, I can change this organization in a different way.
1: It's a different leverage point and and we we should call this, we should call the whole behavior focus, the manager tool is Archimedes principle, right? Give me a lever and where to stand and I can move the world. It literally unlocks all kinds of opportunities for managers. And guys, I'm sorry. I know that was a long sol- side, sidebar. And I know sometimes I get in trouble for, for talking too much. And when you look at the negative reviews on iTunes, it says that one guy's arrogant and he talks too much. Um, but, but we still believe at Manager Tools that it is all about behavior. Um, we're going to tell you exactly what to do. We don't mean to insult you when we do it. And we know that there are many of you who really want to dig into the why. And if you have the why, um, it's much easier to do the how. Okay, so we started that, that long soliloquy. And Again, guys, I'm sorry. It's hard to pin down exactly what all the behaviors are. It's normal for you. Don't, don't worry if you think that that's normal. Okay. Personality is too complex. Interpersonal relationships are hard to be precise about, right? The key is we only address one to two behaviors at a time. You have to start looking for behaviors and decluttering, de-aggregating them, disaggregating behaviors And just say, no, I'm going to watch what they do and listen to what they say and and hear what they say. And suddenly I'm going to discover behaviors rather than just personality. Okay. Um, So what we do is we pay attention for a couple of days when we're starting to realize that Derek needs some help. Okay. And you say, well, maybe there are all kinds of things that Derek doesn't does that aren't great. I mean, there's a whole suite of things that go into the personality of his peers don't like him. But I don't, I don't know whether it's the most important one or not. I don't know if it's the biggest one or not. And we never care about attacking necessarily the biggest one if it's a whole suite of things, particularly if you're just learning the coaching model. But you say, one of the things I can clearly see and I can clearly hear that I know annoys me and is likely to annoy his teammates, that as long as he annoys people, is going to be easier for them to label him a jerk and not want to work with him is he's always interrupting me, and he interrupts everybody else too. Now, look, I can cut him off. I'm the boss, but others can't or or, or won't, right? And they get irritated, and they stay that way. Now, I was about to say, he basically steps on other people. But guys, to be clear, and again, this this is really inside baseball, but that's not behavior. If you were to say he steps on people, that's not true, because then I would have a video of Derek stepping on someone while they're laying on the floor. But interrupting, you know what I mean. Interrupting is a behavior. And how do we know its behavior when it comes to interpersonal skills? Because we could see it or hear it directly without having to interpret or describe it or explain it on a videotape. That's it. Because we could see it or hear it directly without having to interpret or describe it or explain it on a videotape. The analogy we've used for years is we're in a meeting And I'm a technical guy and I have my architect with me who's a genius and we're supporting marketing who are also geniuses, but geniuses because they are really, really outgoing and friendly and like to go to the bar and get drunk, but really come up with smart product ideas. Oh, I'm glad you had
0: that last thing. Yeah,
1: (laughs) Yeah. they do. Oh yeah. Marketing people are great. We give them budget and stuff and the IT people have to beg for budget from the marketing people. And the marketing person says, I I'd kind of like to do this. Can we build a, a parallel internet across the world just for us? That'd be great. I don't have a lot of money, like $1,000, but it can't be that hard, right? Virtual servers and virtual this and Wi-Fi. It should be no problem, right? You got a week. (laughs) Maybe, yeah. And maybe we could use those Motorola Iridium satellites or Dysprosium satellites, right? We could do that. And the IT guy, my architect, says, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Right? Well, okay. I could come out of the meeting and say, dude, you're a jerk. Which no one would argue with, but he didn't do, you're a jerk what we would see on a videotape is him saying, that's the stupidest thing I ever heard. If I call him a jerk, by the way, using the feedback model or in coaching or something, he's going to say, no, I wasn't. I was just being accurate. That is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Right? And then we get into the whole thing of whether, whether something's accurate justifies it being said, rather than whether it's accurate and helpful (laughs) and attributive or positively helpful to the relationship as well. So, what we do is say, let's break out Derek's personality and let's look for behaviors that we think if we changed, Derek would gradually make an improvement. And I don't care, guys, to be clear, we don't care. We've, we're going to start with feedback. If we end up using coaching and it takes us a year to a year and a half to whittle down the annoying or the difficult or the challenging behaviors, that's fine. Don't worry about it. I've talked to many managers who say, okay, good. I've done a one-on-one. Are we done? I'm like, what do you mean done? And they're like, well, I did it, right? I said, no, it's not a silver bullet. You're not going to shoot the werewolf and it's going to explode and die. Management is a long wave, slow, boring, repetitive process. So coaching is going to take a while. If it takes four months or five months or six months, it's fine. We don't care. Now, you might be saying, well, gee, I don't like these guys all of a sudden. I thought they were good, but I thought they'd be able to tell me one thing to say, one conversation, one magic word. Wow, well, hell, if there was one magic word, guys, everybody would already know it. Okay, there's no magic word. Changing people's behavior, even somebody you have managerial power over, takes time. And if, if somebody you're coaching is 30 years old, They have 30 years of learning that behavior and grooving it and knowing it and stroking it and loving it and it becoming theirs. So much so that they can't distinguish themselves from their habits, including interrupting people. So hopefully that helps. And you see how we're trying to isolate a behavior from the suite of behaviors that we label personality and personality makes it so hard for us. Okay, we've isolated the behavior. At this point, you might be saying, Wait, we're just going to address the interrupting? And, you know, that's not going to make this guy tolerable? That's not enough. And again, I just want to say, yeah, that's all we're going to do. That's all we're going to do. Just the one behavior. And you're right. Stopping him interrupting, which, by the way, Mike and I know we could do. It's not. I mean, it's trivial. It's easy. Won't make this guy, Derek, completely tolerable. It'll only make him slightly less intolerable. It's not enough. But guys, many of you have been not doing anything because you can't address personality. That's right. And what we're doing is better than nothing at all. It's better than abandoning Derek's in, uh, development. It's better than sending it letting him leave because he can't get promoted and go to another company and within a year burn all his bridges to the other company. It robs us of his productivity. It's better than saying, how the heck do you change somebody's personality? And then let him continue to do damage to my team, to your team, to our team and not doing anything at all. So, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time, my friend. Yeah. And and personality is an elephant. And we're gonna go through probably in in the next 20 years, maybe we'll go through 30 or 40 examples and many of them will be personality-based. And you'll have examples for the most common personality traits and so on. And please, if you've got one that you really want help with, send us a mail. And we'll put it in the list of casts to do examples of how to coach people. And because feedback comes first, we'll give you an example of how to get feedback about it, too. So here's how it goes, guys. If you don't know our feedback model, by the way, there are podcasts for that. There's a cast for that. So you'd say, can I give you some feedback? And Derek says, yes. And we say, when you interrupt India, it's rude. Can you change that, please? Okay. Or can I give you some feedback? Derek says, yes. And we say, when you start talking when Chase isn't finished, it's not helpful to our discussion. Would you please change that? Okay. Or can I give you some feedback? When Derek says yes, we say, when you interrupt loudly before Sarah is done, it causes her to contribute less in the rest of the meeting. Can you do that differently? It's simple. You ask, and then you say, when you do what you did, and in this case, we're talking about interrupting. When you interrupt, and interrupting is a behavior because we could see it on a video. Okay. Or you could say more precisely, when you start talking before Chase or India um, or Sarah are done, and then you say, here's what happens because of that, it irritates people, it causes them to contribute less, it interrupts the flow of the meeting, it annoys other people, it embarrasses you, whatever. And then you say, can you change that or can you do that differently? That is the feedback model. You know, can I? When you do X, here's what happens, can
0: you change that? And folks, if you don't know the feedback model and you think it's more complicated than that or it's a lot longer than that, it's a five-minute discussion or 10-minute or a 30-minute no, discussion, no, yeah. it's not. It's, it's literally it's not. 10 seconds a week. And so we don't need to go, and go to the feedback cast and you'll learn all about it. Now, the great thing about that is use a feedback model. One of two things are going to happen, right? He's either going to stop interrupting right, or he's not.
1: <laughs> right, exactly. And you know the beauty of this as a manager is you think I have other tools, I'll try this one, and if it doesn't work, I don't get frustrated at the tool. I don't get frustrated. If I'm trying to screw in a, a screw in the wall, and I don't check what kind of head it has, and I get there with a, with a Phillips head, and it's actually a flathead screw, I don't get mad at the Phillips head. I am not get mad at the screw. I'm just like, oh, I got the wrong tool. I'll change it. And maybe I discover I don't have a flathead, and I'm going to have to take it out with a pair of pliers and use a nail, Okay. But we don't worry about that because we know we don't have a magic potion to change somebody in 30 seconds. If we did, they'd be selling it. I promise you guys, if you're in a first world country, if there were a magic potion, it'd be for sale.
0: And folks, you don't want to use the feedback model because it doesn't change the person instantaneously. This person has been interrupting for the last, let's say, last five years. All of a sudden you've decided it needs to change and you want a tool that does it overnight.
1: You're right, it is. It's almost ludicrous to think that we there could be such a thing, right? Uh, and if it were available to us, it would be available to the individual, and the individual would have to chosen to go, no, I know I could change, right? But I'm not going to. I could drink the potion and I'd be fine. So look, one of two things will happen. Either he'll change or he won't. If he changes, you've just saved the rest of this cast, and you don't have to do the coaching model. Now, keep in mind, the coaching model only takes five minutes a week, so it's not like it's a big dang deal. But if it doesn't work, if it doesn't work, essentially, it's as if you did nothing. But it's it's as if you did nothing for two or three weeks after two years of Derek being a jerk. Two to three weeks, is you're not going to get fired for the fact that Derek has suddenly, for the last two to three weeks, been a jerk because he's been that way for years. You've been overseeing him be that way for years. So starting with the feedback tool is just like, well, you know, maybe I can just break this board off rather than going to get a table saw, buying a table saw and setting it up. And then if I don't have to do that, I won't, right? There you go. And and if it doesn't happen, again, if it doesn't happen, if he doesn't change, and it happens, it's normal for someone to not change with feedback in the same way that it's normal for someone to change as well. It happens, okay? And we have a systemic feedback cast and so on. That's a whole nother kettle of fish. But you've taken a couple of weeks. It didn't work. You're staying frosty, you're staying calm, you're not frustrated, you're not acting as if suddenly you're angry after two years of overseeing Derek's jerkiness, if you will. The professional term is jerkiness. <laughs> and, and okay, we're, we've spent a month, it's not working, we're staying cool, and now we have another tool,
0: coaching now i know why you wanted to conclude this cast with the feedback model so folks this is all planned out this, this just didn't happen because <laughs> <wasn't to laughs> right, talk I about. this is all planned out so you listen to this cast you got all the fundamentals go to the feedback model you use that over the next week or so come back listen right. to the second part you can just avoid it like if, if it works then you're done <laughs> you just avoided yeah. 30 minutes listening to another podcast and if not We're going to tell you what you do next. So pick a behavior. I'm sure
1: people are tuning out already, but I'm sorry. We love this stuff so much that I go on and on. But guys, if you're a golfer like me, you can go out and hit balls. You know, just go out and hit some balls and work on one club. If you're struggling with it, or you could buy 10 lessons and go to the robot. I don't know if you guys know this. We're recording this in 2013, but there are no robots that hold clubs for you. That basically loom over you, hold the club, and then you put your hands in the club and they move the club so you can get the feel of what a correct golf swing looks like. And actually you can program it any swing you want, any professional golfer swing. They have them all in the tool, in the robot, right? But the robots cost money and they take time. Hitting balls, you know, is usually pretty easy. Maybe you just want to hit balls before you go out and play. Hitting balls is the feedback model. Spending hours a robot and watching video and getting swing analyses and face angle data and so on is more of the coaching model. And it works. And we can use the coaching model. And we'll talk about it next week. But for now,
0: just go hit pause and see what happens. Thanks, everyone. Hope you enjoyed it. See you next week. In the meantime, have a great one. So long.